then I, I'm a pastor's daughter. Um, my mum and dad were pastors of an Assemblies of God church when I was a baby. And so I've grown up in church life. As a very young girl, I was like Rebecca here this morning and Lottie. Um, being in all the meetings at the front. I had my sleeping bags at prayer meetings. And um, we at that time had an organ. And then eventually we had a piano. And then eventually there became a keyboard. There were some tambourines at first. I don't know if any of you can kind of remember those days. And so, and when I was very young, when I was seven, I made a decision for Jesus. Because I knew that Jesus had died for me and I needed him to be my Lord and Saviour. Um, and I made a decision for Jesus at seven. And there was um, a, a family that we went to um, on ministry with my parents. And she gave me and my sister a tambourine. And that was my first um, kind of experience of leading worship and being in worship and in church with tambourine. And it had ribbons on. And uh, I absolutely loved my tambourine. <laughs> And, uh, but I've been in other churches since, in, um, and um, they don't like tambourines or whatever. I do tambourines with the little ones when I do little babies and toddler groups and whatever. But that's where I first um, kind of experienced like a musical instrument. And then at the age of 12, my mum and dad gave me music lessons, piano lessons. But it was more than just the music, and even though I was studying for my grades and that, my love for God, um, I just... I just found myself at home, um, just listening to God, opening my Bible at Psalms in different places, and just starting to sing with just the chords that I knew, or just the notes that I knew, and yeah, it was, it was just wonderful, but there was a, a desire and a hunger for the dwelling place of God, there was a desire and a hunger for the presence of God. And I'm just so very grateful. When I was 18, my parents moved to Wales to pastor. And I found myself in a nursing home doing my nurse training. I wasn't able to uh, transfer to the Welsh National Board. So I remained um, on the English National Board and was in West Bromwich. And um, I remember one night getting down on my knees. So this is my short personal testimony. And just saying to God, God, I know I've served you since a little girl. But my mum and dad are no longer here, and I, I really need to know, God, that I know, that I know you, and that you've got a purpose for my life and a plan. Went to bed that night, following morning, got up, and there was a letter in those days through the letterbox from my mum. And she'd wrote in this letter, and on the bottom of the letter, she'd put a scripture. And the scripture was Joshua 1, verse 8. And it says, Do not let... This book of the law, depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night, and then your way will be prosperous and successful. As soon as I read that scripture, I just knew that I knew that I'd got to be, I'm diff, I was different, I was different to all my nurse colleagues, I didn't do the things that they like to do after work, I was different, because I loved Jesus and I used to go to the church where I belonged there part of their worship team and so from being a young girl at 12 I've always been involved in worship ministry in local churches but when I was 29 God called me to Bible college to study his word more but also to understand more about what it is to be a worshipper and the heart of worship 
So I went over to Australia, because at that time, 27 years ago, there wasn't the resources that we have currently now in England. There wasn't anything like that um, in England at the time. There was Bible colleges for theology, but I needed something that was creative ministries and theology. I needed both together. Um, And so I found myself in Australia for one year. And when I came back, the church where I was one of the worship leaders um, at the time asked me to be their worship pastor. And it was at that time I recognized that the journey that I'd been on in God, that God, wherever he placed me, I love people. I'm committed to people. And my heart is for people to shepherd God's people. I'm currently one of the pastors at our church, looking after the uh, pastoral care side. But I also look after the worship team because I was the worship pastor for eight years, up till one year ago. And now I oversee them because I've had young people grow with me for like eight years and now they're young men and young women and they're leading so well and the team's growing so well. In a way, Alison can go, okay, let me do these things that God's saying now. And I, what I'm busy doing at the moment is I go out ministering and spending time, quality time with churches um, and supporting their worship teams um, in moving forward in whatever way that is. And I have a discipleship school because my heart is about the journey. My heart is about discipling men and women for the glory of God in whatever gift God has given you. So it may not be an instrument, but it may be a nurse, it may be a doctor, it may be a teacher, it may be a housewife, you know. It may be a grandma looking after your grandkids. It may, whatever God has given you to do, my heart that's why it's called heart and skill. It says in, in um, of David in Psalm 78, David shepherded. He looked after God's people with integrity of heart, with skillful hands. He led them. And so that's why the ministry is called heart and skill, um, because that's who God's called me to be. And God will have called you to be who you're called to be. And so that's, just a, that's a little bit. So why don't you turn to the word, please? That would be lovely. It's a little bit about me. <coughs> Psalm 84, please. We led, read a little of this yesterday, uh, but we're going to read the whole chapter this morning. I think it's all lovely. Thank you, Pete, very much. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Mm-hmm. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my God and my King. Blessed are those who dwell in your house They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God 
in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. The Lord does not withhold any good thing from those whose way of life is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This morning I'm going to focus on verse 5 and 6 that says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of tears, the valley of Baca. As they pass through this valley, they make it a place of springs. I want to really, really focus on that today, this morning, just for the few moments left that I have got. Passing through valleys and making places of springs. Jeff Lucas, in one of his books that I read um, during a very difficult time in my life, um, just over two years ago, a book called Faithful Seasons, says this, the journey of faith, our faith in Jesus, does not follow a straight line. Always heading onward and upward. Faith usually hikes a zigzagging kind of uncertain train. We are certain of Jesus, absolutely. But a path that is carved out for us, but sometimes we face us, we've found ourselves in situations that we don't expect or we don't want and we don't like. And that are very difficult. Pastor Steve read in the passage of scripture this morning. Our Jesus had to walk a path of sorrow. Our Jesus had to walk through the valley of Baca. But the one thing is. Jesus was committed to walking through his tears and his pain. When he was on the Garden of Gethsemane, it says he wept as like drops of blood. But then he said, Father, not my will, but your will. Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus continued because he knew what was ahead. (coughs) Jesus knew that what the Father God was wanting for him. And so he didn't stop where he was he continued on the journey of faith that he needed to walk for me and you to know eternity for me and you to know an eternal home one day for me and you to know life in abundance right now for me and you to know that he is with us when we cry he is with us in our pain but he doesn't want us to stop there He wants to be with us and he wants to journey us through, as it says here, we pass through the valley and we make it a place 
are springs, a place of springs. There's a decision and a choice to make our valleys places of springs and places of refreshment for other people. And that can be difficult when we're walking through weeping. Warren Wisby describes the Valley of Baca as any difficult and painful place in life where everything seems hopeless and you feel helpless. The focus of this psalm is the delight of the worshippers. Longing to be in the temple of Jerusalem. Longing to be in God's presence. They used to journey on the road to Jerusalem and they used to stop the people of God on their journey at wells, well springs. And they used to gather bands of musicians and they used to worship at a well, a place of refreshing, a place where, oh, you feel ministered to and you feel then ready to constantly go on. The terrain that God marks for you. Those people that were passing through, very, very interesting, verse 5 said, whose strength is in you. Where is your strength coming from this morning? Where is your strength coming from? The psalmist David says, my strength is in you. You know, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10 says, my grace is sufficient for you. God has given us everything we need in him in him for walking through these difficulties but we have to rely on his strength not on our own strength these people that david and david was talking about david was writing about david was longing for that place where i suppose of peace of god's presence of assurance of god But David was crying out. He says, my soul and my flesh cry out. Have you got a cry this morning? Are you crying out for your family? Are you crying out for this community? Are you crying out for your friends and for your children? Are you crying out for the people of God that need a miracle at the moment? Are you crying out? Because God wants to see us earnest, diligently seeking him. People that pray, people who know God's strength, people who put their trust in God. Yesterday I shared with them the word dwell talks about fixing our attention, being present in the moment. Right now, being present in this moment. Not thinking about what's for dinner and all the things we've got to be doing, but being fully present with Jesus. When I'm fully present with Jesus in my place with God, and in the word, and in prayer. It's a safe place. It's a precious place. And it's a place of peace, but it's a place of strength, where God just begins to strengthen us again. But how often do some of us walk through life, and we don't even pick up this book from day to day? Maybe even week to week, maybe even month to month. We may not cry out to God and pray and trust him to see the breakthrough. 
But I believe as we hunger and thirst for him, that, that dwelling place, for that dwelling place with him, that place of his presence where needs are met and where we hear God speak to us, I do believe that you can all, every single one of you, find that on a daily basis. And that your life outside of this, these church walls today, this building, because we are his church, as you walk amongst people, that you will manifest his presence through you. Not a band, you. Your dwelling place. Your personal place with God. The people of God here, as they passed through, they made it a place of springs. This place and this valley of weeping to experience the Lord's faithfulness more deeply. I have experienced personally testimony this morning of God's comfort and love and faithfulness to me that I had never experienced up till that two years ago. I'd experienced God's faithfulness in many ways. And I'd experienced, I loved God absolutely and I still love him today. But when I walked through my deepest, darkest moments, which was just on two years ago, I'll explain in a little while, in a minute, why. If I had not walked that journey, and yes, it would be lovely to not have walked the journey, (laughs) but if I hadn't, I wouldn't have experienced God the way I know him today. Because in that place, in that valley of weeping, in that valley of difficulty, in that valley of challenge, I made a choice, Alison King made a choice that in those difficult moments, what would I do? I would get the word and I focused on scripture. Just over two years, two, well, it's four years, isn't it, when the start of COVID happened. Within two weeks, we lost a beautiful doorkeeper. And that's what he was. He was a beautiful man of God to COVID. That hit us very hard. We were all in lockdown. It was very, very difficult. His name was John. Beautiful man of God. A few days before, I was playing my keyboard and he was right by me at the door and he was welcoming people into the house of God with joy on his face. And me and John used to have a joke. Beautiful man of God. He went to be with Jesus. Hit us hard. Hit us really hard. Now we knew where he was going, but it was difficult as a church, as a local church. Because he was a church family member and we loved him very, very dearly. A few weeks later, we then lost another gentleman in our church, another young gentleman, unfortunately. And, and he knew Jesus. So we knew where he went, but there was like, what's happening, Lord? Not to COVID, but to other things. And I said, felt the Holy Spirit said to me, Alison, turn to scripture. I was homeschooling Evan, Matt was at home working, I was at home working, house was a bit chaotic, (laughs) anybody know that feeling? (laughs) Homeschooling, and I was like, okay, 
So what I started to do was write down all the scriptures from the Bible of eternity and what God speaks about to do with eternity. That's what I started to do, started to write them all down. And um, what I found myself doing was, as different people, unfortunately, we were losing, I was starting to write things down in this journal and I wrote four lines. And these four lines are this. God, God is with us in our sorrow. He's with us. He says he'll never leave us or forsake us. He is near us when we've lost. Wasn't he with the disciples on the road to Emmaus? He came and he drew near to them. He is the comfort. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. He's the comfort in our tomorrows. Because for those of us that remain, we have a tomorrow. But as we walk with Jesus, the comfort comes, the love comes, the strength comes, the hope comes by our adoration to him and spending time in the word of God. That's where it comes. So I found myself, wrote down those few things and then I had a space of one year where I had four of the most dearest people to me go to be with Jesus. Gone to meeting him face to face before me. I'm like, oh God. My Uncle David, who I loved very, very dearly. My Auntie Brenda, Paul and Stephen's mum. Who I called Auntie, because known, she's known me since I was a baby. I've always called them Auntie and Uncle. Uncle Alan and Auntie Bren, always. Then I lost my Auntie Evelyn, who I loved very dearly in her 90s. But she's going to be with Jesus, and she's in a great place. And then I lost my own father in the December. And that was the hardest hitting. Now at that time, yes, I was in the word, but I I was struggling because grief is not an easy journey to walk through. It's not an easy journey to walk through. But Jesus walked it. So why do we feel that as believers that we don't have to walk it? Jesus walked it. One day I found myself at the piano because I just love to worship Jesus with song. We worship him with them all, with all of our lives. But this is from a song worship, just exalting his name. And I felt, just I was singing a song about, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, from Matthew 5. And I just, God, in those moments, the Holy Spirit entered the room. And I felt Jesus' presence in such a remarkable way. Was the tears? Yes. Many tears? Yes. But was the comfort of the Holy Spirit there? Yes. Was the delight of Jesus upon my life there? Yes. And what I recognized in those moments and weeks after that, that God was requiring of me to, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my valley of back, in the midst of my valley of weeping, that I would make a spring of water a place of refreshing for people. And like, I never walked this journey before. I don't know some of you this morning, you may be feeling that and thinking, well, I've never been this way before. Where do I turn? 
You turn to Jesus, you turn to his word, you turn to the people of God, and he will speak to you, but he will also minister through you if you allow him to. And I, as a church, with the worship team, we positioned ourselves to allow the people of God to come back to worship. We could have chosen just to stay in our homes. But we chose as a worship team, even though it was difficult, singing through masks and behind screens, even though it was difficult, we chose to come because we wanted the people of God to have a spring of water, a well that they could receive of to go back to their week. And what happened with me is a song came, this song that was ministering to me and every single day. Honestly, I was singing it in the night. I was singing it in the daytime. And God was ministering to me. What, what is it that's ministering to you this morning? What is it? It, it, it could be any, anything of God that is it's ministering to you in some way. But he wants to minister. Because if he came to his disciples on the road to Emmaus, he wants to draw near. He wants to draw near, but he, because he wants to draw near, it's because he wants to strengthen you, because he's got a purpose for you. Because it says that they, um, they make it a place of springs, the autumn rains cover it with pools, and they go from strength to strength. God doesn't want us to remain in a place of despair or grief. God wants to be with us there and enlarge us to be the strength, to have the strength that we need to be able to continue the path that God has got planned right now for us here. Right now, now, right now for us here. When my mum asked me to sing um, a bit of the song at my dad's Thanksgiving, I was really hesitant. I'd rather speak than sing, really. And, um, but I did. And so many people from different church denominations were like, I had so many say, please record it. Now, I've never recorded a song before. The reason I'm sharing with you this morning is because in the last few weeks as I've been preparing to come here, God clearly said, Alison, you must share on the Valley of Weeping and making to make a, um, a place of springs that out of our sorrow or out of our difficulty, that we provide a place of refreshment for others. And that can look different for every single one of us. For me, it was a song to bring comfort for those that are mourning. For me, it was to bring an instrumental music. Because when I was (coughs) grieving, I couldn't listen to words. I struggled to sing words. I struggled to read. What I found helpful was... Just looking at a painting or pictures, that's what, I, that's what helps me draw me nearer to Jesus. And every one of us is different. And so I made a spring of water. I wasn't intentionally going to do it. But God required of me that the pictures and the things that were on my heart, that I should provide a booklet for people that are grieving, like the road to Emmaus painting. The water, the ocean for me, is just so wonderful because the water, as you know, in the sea, it ebbs and flows. Hello. And that's very much like what grief is to us sometimes in our valleys of tears. It ebbs and flows. And, oh, go and see your daddy. 
But I was talking to a few pastors and they were saying to me, Alison, have you heard of the bereavement journey? And I'm like, no, I've not heard. What's that? Got to know more about it. Started to talk to various pastors and leaders that I know across the denominations, not just in my locality in Rotherham, but across the country. And I was like, I need to know more about this journey. Anyway, started to look into it, and I was just like, Father God, that is the right thing, not only for me, but for others in our church. It's for the church family, but it's for our community. It's for our community. And so we have just facilitated our first bereavement journey at at Rotherham Church. And it has been so wonderful to walk alongside the broken, the grieving, And to be able to just be with them, but take them on a journey. And be with them even after the journey, because it's about a journey of faith. It's about a journey of coming to know Jesus, walking with him. It's a journey of strength coming back to us when we've been through those difficult moments. And so on the bereavement journey, for those that may know about it or maybe have done it or that, I shared the the song and the instrumental with people and the booklet because I found um, on my journey that I I was struggling with lots of words. So um, pictures for me were more my, like, resting place, you know, the ocean, you know. And so the reason I share that with you this morning is the Valley of Baca... Whatever season this church has walked, is walking even currently. Our responsibility of believers is to make places of springs, places of refreshment. I was so encouraged, Pastor C shared with me last night, about all the activity that happens in this building for the community. It's wonderful. We are supposed to be his hands and feet to our community. It's what he's called us to do. But that's not denouncing that we will go through seasons of difficulty. But we have a choice, church. We have a choice. We always have a choice. Whether we remain there, hurt, upset, whatever the situation of difficulty is, or we choose to make that season purposeful for the kingdom of God. For his purposes. For his purposes. This is called the well. This is called the well. It's just remarkable. They went, used to go on the journey and they used to meet at wells. This should be the most, and it probably is in the week, the most buzzing, lively, active, joyous, peace-loving place in the whole of Thatcham. Why? Because God resonates in us. And when we are here, by the power of his spirit... This becomes a spring, that's a well that pours out from us into our community. <laughs> Choosing to praise. Pastor Steve shared that scripture from Psalm 66 this morning. But it's as they praised, as they declared. That's why we did what we did this morning. I, I wanted the sound of our hearts as worshippers in the church to praise the almighty who he is the almighty god and as we praise him we enter a place of him coming by the power of his spirit and moving amongst us 
But what, what's your confession this morning? What's your confession? Is your confession of praise? Is your confession of joy? Is your confession peace, of love, of hope? Or is your, pe- or is your confession the opposite? Um, just give me one minute. I just, I wrote this down um, and I, I really do need to just briefly just share it with you and then. Um, so often as, as um, believers and for me being brought up in charismatic circles for 56 years now, Um, when we deny our pain, when we deny it and say, oh, all's well, everything's fine, da, da, da. When, when we deny that, we deny the place where Jesus wants to meet with us. Jesus wants to come, he's with us on our mountaintops, but he's also with us in our difficulties. But have you met Jesus there yet? Have you met him there? Has he been your solace? Has he been your source of strength? Or have you denied because it's too painful? And I do believe this morning that God wants to minister to those that are in need and that are in pain and that in great challenge. And I do pray by the ministry of the Holy Spirit that he will minister comfort, strength into your beings this morning. I I really, really felt that I should do that this morning. But not not to deny it, not to... I'm so thankful now that I know about the bereavement journey. I am so thankful now that despite my tears (laughs) that I am walking with others and saying, come on, let's strengthen ourselves in God. Let's worship together. Let's worship through our tears. And let's just see God do something amazing here in Glendale Community Church across whatever, 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 Whatever regions God wants to give you, Pastor Steve. Um, whatever other localities he wants to give you. I'm, I'm, just, uh, so, um, I'm just sensing that it's more than you, Breen Thatcham. Um, I'm just sensing in my spirit that it's more than you, Breen Thatcham. So wherever those places are, Make it a well. Make it a spring. Make it a place of life. How do you make it a place of life? You need to be full of life. You need to be full of the presence of Jesus. You need to be full of the word of God. You need to be the prayers. You know? Those that will pray and hold the arms up of our kids' leaders, of our worship leaders, of our people that, you know, do the... Oh, oh my, there's so many people in the house of God, isn't there? I don't want to miss anybody out. (laughs) But this morning, church, passing through, we pass through. 
We don't stay. But we have a choice to make that place a spring and a well. So thank you so much. And the reason I wanted you to show you that is because art for me, and that's a beautiful sea image. And my friend, who's an artist, Helen Yosef from Elim, um, an Elim church, she did quite a lot of my paintings for me. She's a beautiful artist. Because it just helped me, drew me nearer to God. For some of you, it's a garden. Some of you, it's the birds singing. Some of you, it's going up a mountain. We went up a hill last night or a mountain. We went up a hill last night. We went to the castle to see the view. God wants to lead you to your place where you can lift your eyes and see her horizon. So wherever you are this morning, let him lift your gaze. Let him lift your gaze. Is that okay, Pastor Steve? Yeah. Bless you all. Yes. Um, just with you mentioning the bereavement journey. Yes. We, uh, we have the bereavement journey starting on the 21st of September. So if you're interested in doing that, we've done that um, tw- once this year so far and we did it in the autumn last year. If you're interested in doing that, mm. you can sign up for it by the website or church suite or speak to Andy, who's going to be facilitating that. Um, and get on board with that and uh, we did it just after I uh, did it uh, about a year after my mum had died and uh, yeah phenomenal really really helpful and uh, if you want prayer this morning we're going to yeah. just do a few bits of churchy news things and then we're going to have coffee time but before we do we'll have some worship and then if you want prayer there'll be people available to pray with you either here or during coffee time yeah. uh, 